0: how to commit local church suicide coming up here on the better sundays podcast at reachkeep.com welcome to the better sundays podcast Focus: practical and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome to our program. Today, we're going to be talking about how your church can commit suicide. Probably not something that you've thought about every day, but it is something that happens every day across our country. Churches are folding up. Some of them are killed, and some of them are destroyed. There are a lot of things that can do it. But you know what? There's some of them that I think they just take their own life. And we're going to be covering that here today on the Better Sundays podcast. Thanks for taking time to be with us. My name is Mike Holmes, founding pastor here at Sinclair Baptist Church, and we are doing the Reach Keep podcast, or what we call the Better Sunday podcast here at reachkeep.com, on a regular basis, helping local churches do what local churches need to do. And uh, we are thrilled that you took time to be with us today. We are going to be covering uh, some very important topics, and let's just jump right into it. i got three things we want to cover, and these are ways that churches kind of just really do themselves in. Number one, as I'm going through my notes here, is they ignore what I call the spurt principle. They ignore the spurt principle. Now, the idea of growing in spurts has been around forever, okay? Uh, If you've got kids, you know how that works. But in the name of consistency sometimes, churches just do everything exactly the same every Sunday, every Easter, every Christmas, all the way through. They never change for anything because that is seen as being unfaithful or being being out of, out of consistency, and they ignore the idea that life is filled with spurts. This is the time of year, we're recording this in the springtime in many parts of the country, where your weeds are proving this point, okay? They're starting to grow like crazy, and they grow so fast, it's hard to even imagine uh, how, how all that stuff gets out of the ground and into those little leaves, and how they get so tall so fast. Drives me crazy. But that is a principle that we all go through, that life changes. It has what we call ebbs and flows, and this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Even the Hebrew calendar and the the, the ways the, the days worked way back. We had Sabbath days where you work, 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 work and then you had a day off. And we had seasons where they would go through their time, their high seasons of different feasts and different times, and they would, you know, go to Jerusalem or go to the tabernacle or have something. There was times of excitement, there was times of coming off the excitement, times of travel, times of of coming off the travel, times of busyness, times of rest. We see it in the seasons all the time. And every one of us is involved in some type of, you probably can look out your window somewhere, at some level and and see some type of agriculture or watch it on television anyway but you have things times that things grow and you have times that things are harvested you have times that things are really going gangbusters and then they slow down the local church does not need to ignore this principle we need to embrace this principle There, there are going to be times when we would really move into a growth season and thus we need to change some of our activities if you come From farm country, you know that the activities will change during the harvest season. You will be very, very busy. The only thing that's about as busy as harvest season is planting time when you are trying to get all that seed in the ground before the next rain comes or whatever, before it gets dried out, before the irrigation starts. You've got to get those things in and you're very, very busy. We need, as our church, to make sure that we take time to honor that principle and we plan accordingly, that we go, hey, we're coming up on a season of growth. Someone asked the other day, what are some of the seasons of growth? What are some of the times when you should plant the church or you can bring in more visitors or you can see some levels of growth? Now, growth can be measured a couple different ways. You can measure it numerically, of course, with, with different amounts of people coming in and there are seasons for that. You can also measure it in times of spiritual, you know, where people's hearts are growing and they're maturing. And those two don't necessarily coincide. Uh, for example, during the Baptist school season is a great time for people to kind of come back to church uh, during that September season here in North America. You come back to church, and you can see some good numerical growth. But just like every school thing, we know that once we kind of settle into the October, November, early December, that is the time when the children are learning. They're really gathering things, and we too can have times when we learn and grow and have more. You know, that would be the time for you know Bible conferences. That would be the time for you know missions conferences. That'd be time for more learning, more in depth Bible study, smaller groups. You know, getting things together. All of those are seasons. We find that the beginning of the year is the same way, that people are kind of ready for something new and fresh, and boom, you can get a lot more numerical growth then, and then over the next few months, you can have a lot more spiritual development and discipleship type of things. We do not want to ignore what we call the spurt principle, that we can grow and should grow in spurts, and that you will have busier times, and that you will have slower times. You can be consistent in your heart, you can be consistent in your preaching, consistent with your doctrine consistent with everything else. But there are times when you need to say, hey, let's get this rolling, let's get moving ahead with some of this, and let's get some more uh, discipleship going, or let's get some more growth going. And I want to encourage you that if you are looking for ideas along this line, reachkeep.com has all sorts of different things that we help you with during some of these seasonal growth things. We're here to help you through our coaching and through our podcasts and through all our different training uh, things that we have. Help you to be better, you know, work on your you know, better in your sermons, better in your Sunday school, better in your outreach. All of those ebb and flow. And a wise church leader has a balance of all of those. Um, if you stay tuned or look at the bottom of, of the show notes here, I've got a little idea sheet here that will help you with what we call better engagement. It's the idea of getting people engaged in your sermons, engaged in your church, engaged in, in things so that they're not coming and just sitting, but they're actually partaking. So uh, anyway, I'll put the notes there at the bottom. The second thing I have here, this idea is, uh, other than ignoring the growth spurt, another thing that is going to kill your church is is what I call reframing your problem or reframing every problem to your solution skill. <laughs> now that may sound a little complicated, but, but hear me out here. It's when we reframe every problem to the way that we know how to To solve problems now, many of us have go-to principles that we have. You know, I'm very much a devotional guy. If you if you come to me for some kind type of counseling or whatever, I'm going to really work on getting you into your Bible and into your devotions and some of that. Okay, that's my solution skill. If if you are a a preacher, you're going to reframe everything into preaching. I was at a church a while back. Someone said, Pastor, do you have uh, discipleship? you know, programs that you have. And the pastor was very uh, open about this. He said, Absolutely. He says, We disciple every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night. You come and we disciple through, and he essentially said, We disciple through the pulpit. In other words, he solved every problem through preaching. It reminds me of a funny story that I heard uh, that someone explained. It was way back there. It used to be a show called I Love Lucy, and uh, Lucy and her husband, uh, uh, Ricky, I think it was, um, uh, interacted. A lot of funny stuff. Is way, way back in the 60s when this show happened. But apparently, Lucy had lost an earring. And uh, Ricky came home from work, and Lucy is crawling around the living room, and he says, what are you doing, honey? What are you doing there? She says, I lost—I just lost one of my earrings this morning when I was getting dressed, and, and I, I, it, you know, I lost it. I can't find it, and I'm looking for it. He says, well, did you lose it here, or did you lose it in the bedroom where you got dressed? She goes, oh, I lost it in the bedroom, but the light is better out here in the living room. Okay, so she reframed her solution. In other words, she reframed the, the solution based on, you know, what she was good at is better light, so I'm gonna look for it there. And it's the same kind of thing. Many times churches have go-to simple solutions that they use for everything. And let me tell you something. Personally, I can tell you to have devotions, but sometimes what you need is professional counseling. Sometimes what you need is you need uh, you know, uh, to change some of your uh, you know, obedience habits and things like that. There are many, many solutions other than devotions. There are many, many solutions other than just preaching. There are many, many solutions other—I've heard this one— um, our church is really struggling financially. We're really hurting. Let's take on another missionary because a giving church and a mission minded church is close to the heart of God. And, you know, they take on another missionary and then they have more financial issues. Folks, sometimes that is not the solution. And churches can kill themselves by having a single solution mindset there are so many things that we need to, as pastors, we need to read books, we need to be able to counsel, we need to be able to obviously preach, we need to have missions, we need to have some of those, but one shoe that doesn't fit every size, or whatever that terminology is, there's not a one-size-fit-all solution for everything, and a church will kill itself if a pastor just simply doesn't really reframe his mind to find some different sets of solutions, and I'm not talking about changing biblical things or anything like that. I'm just talking about making sure your solution skill set is wider and deeper. I'll give you a couple tips at the end on, on how to solve some of this. The last one here on how a local church can commit suicide uh, is when you have your ear glued to your cheerleaders. Okay, now that's kind of a funny uh, visual picture there. Uh, but when all you do is your ear is right there to the cheerleaders all the time. You you got yes man, you got amen people, you got cheerleaders and like go, 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 go. And they say, uh, they encourage you all the time and they say amen and they help you all the time and all that. And you never really get away from your own little crowd of cheerleaders. Now, I love encouragement as much as the next person, okay? And encouragement is good. But so is the truth. And sometimes we need to have people that tell us the truth. Sometimes we need to open our eyes and see some of the truth. And we have a way of kind of being our, our us for no more and talking about just our, our few little people and how you know t- tight we are and great we are and how doctrinal we are and how close we are and all that. And if we are not careful, we are going to just cheerlead ourselves right into the grave. We need to take time to listen out there. Now, let me give you a couple things and, and kind of wrap this up, put these in my notes. Uh, number one is embrace the spurts. Embrace the spurts. And if, if Easter's coming, go for it. I've had people say, well, I don't have a big Easter. We don't do anything different. We just kind of keep preaching the same old thing. Well, that's why you don't have a big Easter, because you don't do anything different. It is time to clean up and straighten up and invite and print some cards and get some flyers out. People will Will come to church on Easter. Double your Sunday school uh, will happen all the time on on Easter because parents are coming. Do some special things. Reach Keep has all sorts of things. We got to A great thing that we've been running the nine, uh, I've got it right here, uh, the nine-day Easter challenge, okay? If you didn't get signed up for that, uh, it's almost too late, but I'll put the link to that as well in the notes here. Uh, But yeah, have yourself a great and awesome Easter and reach out. Uh, I've had vacation Bible school once. I was doing the Bible school. And we had all sorts of uh, decorations set up. We had this, this auditorium so fancy for the kids. We'd built an airplane. We were telling the old Nate Saint story from the Aka Indians, and we had jungle set up and all that. And rather than embracing that spurt, I asked the pastor when he was getting ready to have a Wednesday night service. I said, now, you're going to do Wednesday night service. I said, we got all this set up we're doing for the kids during the week, but what would you like for us to do? He says, well, you know, I think probably I'll take it back down and make it normal. Okay? We spent like two and a half hours taking everything everything down okay i mean we had a hundred and fifty kids there in a in a very small church but well, we took it all down so we could make it normal again I think that pastor should have probably embraced the spurt and said, you know, when people came in, look at all this. What's going on? We're having a spurt, folks. We're right in the middle of a spurt. And, folks, you need spurts. Embrace spurts, okay? Grab hold of those things and, and run with them and do great things with them. And when you have an opportunity to do something special and there's some seasonal type of thing, go for it. I mean, that is one of the things that we that we need to do. I'm sure, okay, I'm sure that if people lived like uh, way up in Galilee area and it was getting ready to be one of those feasts where they all went down to the you know Jerusalem okay remember Jesus went down to Jerusalem sometime I'm sure there were some people that said man we just need to stay home we can't make it and I'm sure there are some folks that couldn't travel or whatever but praise God for some of the cheerleaders maybe some of those local rabbis there whatever they were they'd say hey you need to go to Jerusalem man. it is the coolest thing in the world we're going to go down there to the temple and we're going to see this we're going to fellowship we're going to change and I'm sure they went down there and had these tremendous meetings and then came back, and and uh, hopefully they didn't lose their kids like Mary and Joseph did. And, but, you know, had these great meetings. I mean, think how cool that would be. You and I can be that rabbi that says, let's go to Jerusalem. Let's see our lives change. Let's see something amazing happen. Embrace the spurt. Embrace the spurt. On the second one here, we had this idea of reframing, okay, reframing the, the our, our uh, solutions here. What I wrote here is we need to learn more solutions. We need to be better at having solutions. You need more tools in your bag, okay? You might just be the plier person. And have you ever used a pair of pliers for hammer? Yes, bam, bam, bam. Okay, we've all done that, but we need to broaden out, okay? Reach Keep is here. We have online training. We've got a lot of things. There are all sorts of places, all sorts of books, all sorts of online training, all sorts of seminars, all sorts of conferences, all sorts of things that you can do to learn. You and I need to learn and to grow, and we can use all these different methods to make that kind of stuff happen. Be a lifelong learner. Don't get stuck in just your one little thing, and make sure you reframe your learning, okay, rather than than stuffing everything into your single solution set. And the last one here was this idea that we had about giving your ear to the cheerleaders and this is the idea, and I've done this often at our church here. It's reframe your loss. Now, what that means is when you lose, okay, reframe, reframe your loss, how, just how bad it was. Now, that may sound kind of wacky to you, but here's what what I have done. I have been to churches, do a lot of training around churches, go around, do a lot of training. I've been to churches where they go, like, man, we had 12 teenagers, and that was awesome. You know, And they're all excited about their 12, and I'm like, okay, that's good for your 12. But did you know there's a high school right over there with 800? okay and i'm i'm go i'm all for the twelfth okay But let's go for 13, 14, 15. Let's go for 20. Let's see if we can bring in a few more. It's just like someone says, man, I I read my Bible, you uh, you know, three times this week. It's like, well, let's go for every day. In other words, take a larger number. Take a better look at it. What we've done at our church is we have what we call, we keep track of our numbers. We have an attendance number. That's how many people came to church, okay? We have a touch number, and that is the number of people that come in a calendar month to our church and we use that number for a the and it's much bigger than the attendance because you have several people that come and you just cumulative everybody who was like enrolled in that month and that's a good number and you get excited about that number because if you're used to having like a say a hundred people we use round number if you're used to having a a hundred people a touch number is going to be 120 130 140 depending on something like that Um, but then we have another number that always look at and that is our number compared to our county, and it's the percentage of people that we have reached in our county. And we are way, way down below one percent. Okay, and you and I, we need to reframe our loss in a way that helps us see that we've only done we've only done a little bit, and we've got a ways to go. We have a we have a lot more people to reach. There's a the harvest is plenteous, but the but the things are few. The harvest. I'm this right now. I know you Bible scholars, if I don't get this right, I'll get a comment the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There we go. All right. There is a great big harvest. And if we just stick our ear right next to the cheerleader all the time, and it's like, go, go, go. And we're the 12 people here that, you know, us 12, no more. And we, you know, we're never going to reach out, folks. We need to reach out. We need to touch more lives. And I'm not just talking about numbers, but I'm talking about discipleship. We need to grow. We need to mature. We need to get people going. And I am here to encourage you to do that. So anyway, Mike Holmes here at the better sundays podcast don't forget to go to the bottom grab your little link here uh, for the engagement uh, little <clears throat> excuse me the engagement handout that we have and we will see you next week here on the better sundays podcast god bless you have a great day